This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM Firth. 93.7 The Ticket. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakoven. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. We're back on the block. It's a big night, big, big, big night tonight, starting the night of the NCAA tournament is on the way. A lot of stuff to discuss as we get into our picks and thoughts on what's going on in the next games upcoming, these first four in games. Uh, what's your thought, Bach, on, you know, how, are you are you excited about how this, the, you know, the way that they've kind of made this these extra teams to be able to get in? A lot of people, you know, the the purists, so to speak, are the ones that don't like it this way. But I think this just gives uh, teams another opportunity to get in and, and uh, uh, you know, be able to show and prove and see what they can do. Yeah, ultimately, it's, you know, it's four more teams, four more at-large bids, basically, because, you know, you kind of move everything down so some of those smaller tournament teams don't get in. So it allows, you know, the teams to, that, that I'd like to see. I mean, um, I don't know which teams would, would probably be taken out. I don't know if, if that's the correct way to do it. I, I kind of like the entertainment factor in making some of these 11 seeds play, but I suppose it would be make maybe more sense if you made all the 15 seeds and the 16 seeds play. Um, for what it's worth, again, the, the 16 seeds um, are will we'll go at it at, at just, to, you know, two of them so two of them don't have to earn it so it's kind of odd that way not entirely fair but again as I've always argued with the NCAA tournament I don't think this is a fair way to crown a champion it's an entertaining way so it adds to the entertainment uh and I like it you know you you get kind of a taste of it you don't have to wait long you know and especially for Big Ten fans this year you get two play-in games uh against pretty good opponents in tonight Indiana and Wyoming and then Rutgers and Notre Dame tomorrow um those feel like big big time tournament games so it's just it the only question is it makes it a little bit difficult is that if Nebraska ever makes the play-in game and wins it, do we count that as a tournament win? Mm, <laughs> interesting topic. Give us your thoughts on that, you know, listeners here on the block. How do you feel about that? If if Nebraska happens to get in, call us on the Sauter Hammond text line at 402-464-5685. That's a great question. And let us know your thoughts. If Nebraska happens to break through and get to an NCAA tournament game where they happen to be in one of those positions in the play-in games, would you count that as a NCAA win? I think that's a fair question. Me personally, um, I think why not? Um, they're they're in, yeah. you know, based on the format and the structure of it. I think that 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 regulates them to being in the tournament, so to speak even though it's not the main parts of the tournament yet, but it is part of the NCAA tournament. It's not 
uh, offshoot of the tournament. It's not an NIT. It's not anything like that. Although they are national tournaments, and I still think they merit some, um, you know, something to it. What you find is a lot of those teams that that do end up winning an NIT or winning some of those offshoots, they find their way into the NCAA tournament the next year usually. And so uh, I, I would venture to say that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's it's tough, especially when you're talking about an, an 11 seed or a 12 seed. Um, you know, that's you're playing a team that's expected to be an 11 seed or a 12 seed, right? I mean, that, that that's that's what you're fighting for. So that's not really the way the tournament is set up, right? I mean, you're usually going at odds against one another until you get to the final floor, final four, and then you can play another team, another number one seed or whatever seed you are. It doesn't matter. Um, then you can play another equal seed at that point in time. So usually, you know, the, kind of the idea of the NCAA tournament is fighting up or, or you know fighting down regardless of what it is it, it's seeding and in this case you're fighting for a 12 seed against a 12 seed um so i don't know i don't know if i would i don't think i would uh, it would count it as a win I, although i think historically you know it is part of the tournament and it is a win so i think it would be there it would just it would almost be i, I just hope that that never comes down to that because I, I want the first one to feel quite special for nebraska when they get it uh and you know i suppose if they won that game and then won the next one then you don't have to worry about it right they'd go in and, and, and take care of business um but it, it is really weird and i don't the one part i don't like about it is that it is instead of calling it a playing game don't they call it the the well they do the round of 32 and the round of 64 but you know when you get into the, like the first round discussion everybody kind of has has gotten to the tendency of calling the thursday and friday games some the second round that's not that's not the second round that's the first round the playing games are not a round of the tournament and that's why i would exclude it well, yeah, I mean, I guess you could you could look at it this way. And, and so, you know, being that 2020 was canceled due to COVID and 2021 was held in the Indianapolis bubble, you know, this now is the first time where we're really getting a chance to look at going back to the regions again. So uh, right now, uh, you know, with, with I thought last year's tournament was phenomenal with Gonzaga and Baylor uh, playing in it and, and obviously Baylor uh, getting their, their, their uh, big shot at it and, and produced a big win over a tough Gonzaga team. Um, now let's just let's just kind of give a, a quick overview of of the different regions out west. You have Gonzaga as the number one seed uh, after they dominated the West Coast Conference. Uh, they're coming back, and I'm sure they're hungrier than ever. They've got you know Chet Holmgren and uh, you know Timmy, and and you know they even got one of our guys out of Omaha yeah. and Hunter Salas, and, and they've got a tremendous team out there. Uh, some of them are looking to break and, and make their way to the NBA after this season. Um, you know, two of their three losses this season came to Duke in Alabama and Texas Tech, and they might have some nightmares as they, <laughs> after the Raiders had knocked them out of the tournament in 2019. So um, out West, some people say that the best game out West is going to be maybe number four, Arkansas against number 13, Vermont, where the Canamounts are only a six punt underdog. And that is not an accident. <laughs> the American East champions beat opponents by an average hear this vermont the catamounts in the american east they beat their opponents by an average of 36 oh my goodness 37 points a game <laughs> they're like the gonzag the of their conference they have not lost since december the 10th and so this game by no means uh, should be overlooked. And this is one of those ones, if you're looking at your bracket, you might want to be looking at a potential upset. 
another upset special people are looking at is uh, number 10 Davidson over number seven Michigan State. Ooh, ooh. Let's think about that, so to speak. A lot of people think that the dark horse coming out of the West is gonna is, is potentially UConn. And the again, the bracket buster they're talking about is potentially Alabama. So how do you view the West? Uh, you know, what is your thoughts on the West? And who do you think possibly could come out of there? Well, yeah, Gonzaga's the favorite for a reason. Like you said, Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. I mean, Holmgren's going to be probably a top five pick in the draft. Um, for his size, he can shoot. He's he's thin. If you haven't watched Gonzaga or Holmgren, it, it'll almost pop off to the camera I tell you how thin he is. So he needs to get a little bit bigger as he moves on to the NBA. But he's got all the skills that you're looking for there. Um, I don't think that their top half of the region is particularly difficult. Like you said, I mean, Vermont kind of gives their own, their own challenges. For what it's worth, uh, Teddy Allen, of course, former Nebraska basketball player, will get his shot against UConn with that 12 seed New Mexico State team. Um, so it'll be kind of fun. Uh, I just don't know if they got the most difficult bracket. Even Duke, who has the most talent, I believe, in this tournament, as far as guys projected to go to the NBA, they don't seem to be you know, going full force at this point with losses to North Carolina close to close out the season and then to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. Um, Texas Tech, I think, could be dangerous in that bracket. Don't overlook Texas Tech, like you said. Um, so that's ultimately who I think it will come down to in my mind um, And uh, is, is that Texas Tech. And, and Gonzaga is kind of who I have in the Elite Eight there. Sounds good. Let's move out east. Hey, we got, I think we got, a, we got a call from Gene. You want to hit Gene oh, real quick? Yeah, get him in there. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Gene on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. How are you doing today? Not bad, Strick, Bach. Pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Yeah, you too. Thank so, you. I wanted to talk a little bit about your play-in game. I am in the school that says, yes, it would be, because I think it's 11 seats playing against each other, which means – there's anywhere from 16 to 20 teams below you seating-wise. Uh, if you were playing for a 16 seat, then uh, then that's the play-in game. But when you're playing when you're playing another 11 seat, that's a real team. And uh, I absolutely believe that the winners of tonight counts as a as a as a win in the tournament. Excellent stuff. I think that's a fair point. Yeah, I think I think that is a fair point, you know, because I, I do kind of think of it as, like I said, you either punching up or, or fighting down against the seedings. But it, it's not necessarily fair to the 11 seed or the 12 seed. Like I said, it's done more for, for entertainment purposes than what's fair. Um, so, you know, those teams at that point are generally locked into the tournament. Like you said, there's several teams below them at seeding wise. So it's, it's not necessarily fair if you're, if you're, you know, Nebraska last time they did make the tournament was 11 seed. They didn't have the play in game. Um, so, you know, it, how, how fair is it? Because w for what it is, what is set up right now is it's a, a 16 seed against the 16 seed, a 16 seed against six seed, 16 seed for two of the games, and then a 12 seed against a 12 seed and 11 seed against an 11 seed. So you're fighting for that seeding. But yeah, that's, I think that's a fair way to look at it too. And, um, I just, it, it's kind of fun because I don't think there is a correct answer amongst the group. I, I, I mean, I, I think again, ultimately factually, this is part of the tournament. So yeah, you would get a tournament win, I believe there, but, um, it, it is it would just feel after years of suffering and, and, and dreaming of the day for Nebraska to get the uh, basketball victory in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I would just hope for hopefully that moment would be in uh, in, in a traditional way, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I, I have no qualms with what you're saying there. And, 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 and I agree that I still think that it would be a win. That's just the way I'm going to stay. Yeah. That's the point I'm making and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look out east. We're going to go out east and talk about the skinny. We're Baylor's reigning national champion. They return as the number one seed. But the Bears, they have a much harder uh, road to take as they're 
you know, being that, um, you know, their top scorer, Jonathan Chua, shoot, don't get me. Oh, yeah, they're tough names. Chamwa Chakoa. Chakoa. <laughs> Chamwa Chakoa. Sounds yeah, good Jonathan to me. Chamwa <laughs> Let me just say JTT. Let's do it like that. He's out of the season. He's their leading scorer. And then um, and then their leading scorer, LJ Cryer's status is still in question. So uh, they're missing some major key pieces that's out there for Baylor. Uh, so there's going to be some intrigue there. They have some dangerous mid-majors to look up to in St. Mary's, Murray State, as well as San Francisco. Uh, the top four seeds in the re- region are finished in the top 11 of the AP Top 25, which also includes UCLA. A lot of people believe that the best game out there is the number seven against the number 10 seed, which is Murray State against San Francisco. And this is going to be a kind of a fun matchup because it's some of the best of the mid-majors in the country. The Racers, they went 30-2, and two, and they dominated the Ohio Valley, the OVC, while uh, the Dons are making their first trip to the big dance since 98. So uh, there's an opportunity for theirs being the best game. How do you view that game, and who, who do you think will come out on top? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the East is, as far as the bracket goes, is is very difficult. Um, you know, I, I think they did a good job of not overload, overloading any of these, these brackets. I think the West might be... I mean, it's tough. It's tough anywhere you go because all, there's so much, uh, you know, all these teams are pretty comparable. There's not an overwhelming favorite entering the tournament. And I, I think a lot of them, just because of the way that we've seen it, I mentioned uh, earlier today, you know, you saw six teams lose uh, out of the top six a couple weeks ago. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's 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 prime for mayhem here. But as far as Murray State and San Francisco, I like the Dons just because of their nickname. Um, but I think Murray State is a team to watch out for, um, especially going in that second round against Kentucky. So I think that they'll beat the Dons and um, you know they could be maybe that non-traditional name to make a 16 you know a sweet 16 elite eight type of run and uh, ruin a lot of people's brackets because I know Kentucky is a, is a favorite as well because John Calipari's got him going uh, our producer over here wants to speak on behalf of his Virginia Tech game because you didn't mention it Strick I'm sure he's going to get oh no we're getting to that oh we're getting to that before 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 <laughs> let's let, let me let me I'm gonna let you talk about it but let me just say before that the, I see them as a bracket buster because Virginia Tech, they've won nine of their, uh, well, let me just say this, nine of the 11 Sweet 16s have had at least one 11 seed in it. And the Hokies are coming in after taking down Duke in the ACC. I think they have a winnable path to the Sweet 16. That's just the way I view it. That's, that's fascinating. I, bracket buster. Texas is- I still think Purdue is going to come out of that. Let me just, let me just say hmm. that. Strick, I was actually about to get really upset with you. I was going to say, does ACC champions mean nothing to us anymore? Come on. The Hokies, we beat three at-large bid teams. We beat Notre Dame, UNC, and Duke all by double digits. The Hokies are the second hottest team in college basketball, 13 of their last 15. Second team all ACC, Keve Aluma, one of the best players in the country. Put some love. Give give some love towards my Hokies. Come on. Listen. I've got to give love. I gave love last night. Shout out to Ace Custis. He's coaching there at Virginia Tech. Good yes, friend sir. of mine. Good to see the Hokies. And I have them as a bra- bra- bracket buster. I think they're going to upseed a lot of people going in there. I think they definitely could. Let me just say, I think they have a great opportunity to pop the Sweet 16. Uh, I think the dark horse of the East is going to be possibly UCLA. I think they're kind of sneaky. I think they're kind of sneak up on some people and kind of, you know, people will look overlook them a little bit. 
so I think if Johnny Johnny uh, Zhuang he gets he gets hot, you know they've got a chance. You know if he has this form that he had in 2021, UCLA could do some things. Yeah, that was fun. You know they made I mean? the they were the team that made the 11 seed run, I believe, last year. Um, so they weren't expected to do anything. They they brought everything everybody back. They've looked pretty good. Um, I I like them to to you know I I think they could potentially. I've got them in the elite eight. Um, I just am a little bit worried with that pick about Indiana, and who knows? Maybe Indiana won't get past tonight. Um, but they look pretty good in the Big Ten tournament, as far as what I was watching. And again, we've talked about Trace Jackson Davis that game tonight. Xavier Johnson, the former Husker commit. Um, they've got to get through St. Mary's first and UCLA has to get ac- through Akron first, but I think that's going to be a very competitive game. Also, I think Baylor's 8-9 matchup is going to be pretty difficult. I don't even know who to pick between North Carolina and Marquette, but both those teams have, have shown the ability uh, to punch up this season and get some upsets. So um, this, again, it's just completely unpredictable. I like Purdue a little bit as well. I don't have them going too far, um, but as far as Big Ten teams that can make a run, I think a lot of people would, would put their, their stock in Purdue. Jaden Ivey, maybe the most explosive player in the tournament. Um, and, and Zach Eady, obviously, maybe the tallest one. So that's a pretty good combination. They've got three-point shooting. They've, they've kind of got it all. The one thing that kind of holds them back for a lot of people is Matt Painter's teams have historically not done great in the tournament, maybe right. as opposed to their expectations. Well, I think their defensive efficiency is one of the things that could possibly, if they, if they stay true to form on that, they pound the boards and they do well and also getting that ball inside and taking advantage of some of the size advantages that they're going to have. I think they've got a great opportunity. Let's turn to the Midwest now. I think the skinny in the Midwest is that Kansas has earned the number one seed after they won the Big 12 regular season and the tournament. So on paper, the Jayhawks, a lot of people, a lot of the pundits, a lot of the writers are picking the Jayhawks to make a run at it. And so they have a favorable route to New Orleans. Uh, So a lot of people are with the health of Johnny Davis over there, the National Player of the Year con- uh, a candidate, suffering a sprained ankle uh, in the regular season finale, that's going to bowl some trouble for them. Who did that? Oh. Who, who, who hurt Johnny Davis? I'd never heard of such a thing. Yeah, we don't know who that was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Auburn has been trending down, you know, after being number one ranked in the country. They're a little bit inconsistent. Providence also showed some inconsistency. So I think they are ripe for the picking. Uh, so I think the Midwest is that could have some of the strangest outcomes uh, of the tournament. There could be some wild things happening there in Chicago. Uh, uh, you know, so, you know, that's the way I feel about that. I think the best first round game possibly could be number four Providence against number 13, South Dakota state <laughs> shout out to the rabbits, that's um, right. you know, with, with some of the best three point shooting in the country. So that could be one of those ones similar to like, how uh, the old uh, Princeton offense used to just upset people and just have people backdoor to death. They can three-point shoot you to death. If they get hot, they could be trouble. Upset special potentially out there could be Colgate over guess who? Number three, Wisconsin. Oof. How do you view that opportunity? <laughs> I see it as a possibility. Like you said, Wisconsin has not been necessarily hot. Uh, Colgate, as far as I know, I, I think that's a, a, a toothbrush. <laughs> type of toothbrush, but I suppose maybe they've got some basketball they could put together out there as well. Um, I think that's that's interesting. Also, the the, the matchup uh, that they would play is LSU and Iowa State. That could be an upset, of course. Iowa State was was great early in the season, kind of fell off toward the end, but LSU's without their head coach. So, I mean, that, that certainly mm. is prime for an, an upset because of uh, sanctions and stuff, so they let him go. 
Well, you talked about Colgate, and Colgate actually ranks second in the country from long distance. Woof. So if they get hot and they get Steph Curry-ish, then there could be some trouble in them for Wisconsin, especially if Johnny Davis is not available to them. Uh, they're very vulnerable. Dark horse of the Midwest is number five seeded Iowa. That's right. Keegan Murray has the potential to carry the Iowa Hawkeyes deep into the tournament as a dark horse into the final four. As you stated and alluded to, a bracket buster could be LSU and uh, everybody is looking and everybody is looking over the Tigers because of that fact that they fired coach Will Wade. And so a lot of people are basically writing them off. But the fact remains that LSU still has a top five defense in the country and they could give Auburn a big scare in the Switch 16. So those are some of the things that we're talking about right there. Who do you think is going to come out of the Midwest? Yeah, it's, it's a loaded bracket. I love the I love this bracket, um, and it's it's Midwest, so it makes sense, right? These are some of the teams that we watch, and um, I I think I was absolutely on fire. I think Keegan Murray uh, was named an All American today. I don't think he's going to get Player of the Year. I think he should. I mean, and I know it, it's partially because they are a five seed. Maybe they're not the best seed in the nation, but they're one of the hottest teams now. I think they're playing some of their best ball, and I know a lot of fans don't like it and won't like this bracket altogether because Creighton and I was in it, and some people don't like Kansas still here from the old Big Twelve rivalry days or Big Eight days. Um, but I, I think that, that especially Iowa, they're hot, and Keegan Murray is just a joy to watch. He's so smooth. Um, they've, you know, they've got three-point shooting around him. Um, so I, I think Iowa's uh, you know, really hot right now. Uh, so they're my dark horse team in that tournament. Auburn, we saw what they can do if they, if they get on fire, especially against Nebraska, but early season against about anybody. Jabari Smith, probably the number one pick in the NBA draft. Um, so you've got, I mean, you've got a lot of storylines coming through this bracket. Um, I ultimately have Auburn. Wouldn't be surprised by Kansas or Iowa either. A lot of people are actually looking at Iowa to squeeze past Kansas uh, to get into that uh, Elite Eight status. So, hey, we'll see what happens there. Uh, in the South, the skinny is under first court, a uh, first year coach, Tom Lloyd. Arizona has dominated the Pac 12 and they earned the number one seed. They're looking at their first Final Four since 2001. But the problem is that they have major injury concerns in that point guard, Kerr Chris's angle injury makes him questionable in his status to play. And so they don't know if they're going to be able to get one of their top players uh, available for this, this run. Tennessee is, uh, is, is underseeded as number three and number two Villanova. So they're very stacked and they also can never be counted out. There's a very dangerous thing that it persists in this, in this South region. And I think you've got to look at the possible upset and bracket busters in number 12 seed UAB and number 13 Chattanooga. I think they're sleepers of the high mid majors. They have a chance to, to, to do some work. And uh, I think also you have to look at Ohio state there. You have TCU in there. And then, you know, you just don't know what, what Michigan team is going to show up. So I think the South is very intriguing. A lot of people say that the best the best game of this round is the number five Houston uh, Cougars against number 12 UAB. And so the Cougars rate number five in the country, according to Kim Palm, but they are largely unproven. Just one quad one victory this season. So without their scores, Marcus Sasser, actually, you know, I, I've played with his dad, uh, Marcus Sasser, and then also Tremont Mark. Uh, they, they, they've come on late, but they still got to get hot from this distance in order to do any damage. 
Special upset. A lot of people are looking at number 13 against number four. It seems like all of the upsets are coming out of the big, <laughs> the big 10, the big 10. Yeah. That people think that number 13, Chattanooga, has a chance to give it to number four, Illinois. So we'll see what's going to happen there. And then they, a lot of people got the dark horse coming out. Is a Big Ten team in number seven, Ohio State. They believe that the Buckeyes have been flying under the radar, but they think that E.J. Liddell is one of the best players in the region, and he's not going to let it happen. So therefore, we believe that that's the case. Uh, some people are saying that Colorado State's got a chance to to make some noise. They could be a bracket buster. So what are your thoughts out of the, uh, out of the South? Yeah, it's kind of surprising to see Colorado State as a sixth seed, but that's how impressive they've been this year. So uh, definitely give them respect. And Michigan has been really struggling as of late and all season long. So I, I actually think Colorado State's going to win that game. Um, I'm, I'm very intrigued by Illinois. Like you said, that Chattanooga game is an upset special a lot of people are going with. Um, it's interesting because Andre Corbello was – I mean, he seemed to be um, – the heir apparent to, to Io DeSumo last year. Of course, Illinois had an early exit last year as well, um, but that's a team that seems to have the pieces. I mean, Tripp Frazier's uh, a, a great piece. they got the one of the, the, the Big Ten's leaders as far as three-point shooters around them. So, I mean, they, they've got some good pieces there. I could see them making a run, and uh, it's always difficult to guard Kofi Coburn. I mean, he's, he's the force in the middle there. Um, so I hope that Illinois makes a run, and I kind of believe in them to be able to do it. I know a lot of people aren't don't have too much faith in them because of their loss last year and because that difficult matchup against Chattanooga but I like them coming out I also like TCU to upset Arizona TCU has shown it this year in the Big Ten they've they've had wins uh some big wins included over Texas Tech and and Kansas so they can they can punch up and I think that they can get it done it's gonna be tough to get by Seton Hall but I think if they do they'll beat Arizona um and then I'm very very interested in Tennessee and Villanova if that ends up being the Sweet 16 which is on par to be um I don't think Ohio State gets out of the first round against Loyola Chicago I don't buy them uh, I think they've been struggling as of late but Villanova Tennessee um as that Sweet 16 game. Uh, I think you're talking about the winner of the South region there. I, the, whoever wins that game will go on to win the Elite Eight and be one of the favorites. Villanova's just, you know, they got Colin Gillespie back. He was from injury last year, so he didn't get a play in the tournament. He's their best player. Um, very good at free throws. It's just, it's a, it's your typical Jay Wright team. They, you know, they kind of do things, uh, all the all those small things in basketball the right way. Uh, and so I think that you'll see it, it's going to be very tough to beat them. But Tennessee's got some athleticism. They got some three-point shooting. They'll be able to do it too. So those are the two teams I'd look out for in the South. All right. So who do you got then in your final four? Ultimately, I went pretty chalk here. I was pretty close to going with all two seeds, uh, but I do like Texas Tech to beat Duke in the Sweet 16. Uh, however, I don't see them getting past Gonzaga in the West, so I think Gonzaga gets all the way to the Final Four. In the East, I have Kentucky outlasting UCLA in the Elite Eight. Uh, in the South, I have Villanova beating Illinois to get to the Final Four. And I do have Iowa beating Kansas in the Sweet 16, but coming up short against Auburn. I think Auburn regains their magic they had earlier in the season. Ultimately, your national champion as they beat Gonzaga in the championship game. Hmm. <sighs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna look at. I I I think I'm gonna look at my Final Four being Arizona. I like Arizona, Gonzaga. Uh, let's see. Arizona, Gonzaga. <sighs> it's a tough then pick. It's a tough year to with, do it. Whew, um, 
shoot, let's see, Kansas. And hmm, I don't see Baylor. I and Purdue. I'm going there with you go. You got a Big Ten team in. Uh, I, I'm gonna say who's gonna make it. You got yeah, a, what you got a championship pick there out of all of them? Between mm. Purdue, Zaga, Arizona, and Kansas. I, I'm gonna go with uh, Arizona pulling it out. There you go. Arizona's oh, no. back in basketball. It is nice to see Arizona see. good again in basketball. Hey, you were pretty uh, you're Finally. pretty much a Nostradamus for the NFL playoffs, so maybe you can uh, bring some of that luck or or maybe just, you know, talent over <laughs> here to this bracket. A lot more games in this There's one. There's so much parody. There's so much parody. <laughs> but unfortunately, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll uh we'll get in some other topics out here when we get back on the block right after this. 